2019 edition of the No Breaking Podcast. With me, I have the man, the myth, the legend. Stories have been written about him. have been certainly been spoken about him, especially by some of the other fellow podcasts that have been on. Mr. Lindsay Ross, yeah. the creative force, the design force of RTR. Yep, and Von Gunn Jr., as most people would probably know. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good. I'm, uh, firstly, it's glad, I'm glad to have you on, since it's been quite a challenge. You have been my... <laughs> just call me Ahab, as you're my live, live white whale that I've been hunting for months, surfing the seas and the oceans, trying to get you on this podcast. That's right. Why don't you explain why? Well, you just get very busy. Mm-hmm. And then things like Thanksgiving happen. Well... And Christmas oh, happened. And I've been busy with with a, a very British problem. Oh, yeah, you're Lotus. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. But, you know, yeah. I haven't been ignoring you. I've been... I know, you've been hard at work. Stuck in the garage, yeah. But at least it's it, it's paid off it's paid right off. Now. Yeah. We'll get to that. It's exactly. paid off. But before then, I mean, since I just showed you my lovely picture of me with my... Well, I wish was my Lotus <laughs> Esprit. But we'll get to that later. But, uh, so tell us, what... How is it, Mr. Russ, that you came to be where you are today... Not broken by your Lotus Esprit. Oh. Um, How did you get into cars? Let's start right back from the beginning. What was it? What was the deciding factor for you? Probably as uh, most people would, my dad. Okay. Yeah. Um, mechanic, fisherman, sort of uh, free spirit, I would say. Uh, but very focused. Um, he was a commercial diver and uh, always had something going on in the garage. Um and so, what were some of the things he had going on? He so before me, he had um, let's see, a lot of Volkswagens, a lot of Bugs, mm-hmm. Carmen Gias. Mm-hmm. Eventually, with uh, you know Porsche parts underneath them, nine fourteens, nine twelves, nine elevens, three fifty six. My mom had a three fifty six. Um, I was born in Hawaii, so here was my mom and my dad. Running around with uh, you know 911s and uh, 356, and um, actually that the, like that is what they had, kind of thing. And I think at one point he got a rabbit um, truck. Is that? I think I'm not huge on Vol- Volkswagen. No, the truck like oh, maybe pickup. I think it's a rabbit pickup. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, like early 80s. Yeah, I don't think it was a rabbit. I thought it was just a Mark One pickup. They did. Well, in the rabbit, U.S., we US call it rabbit. rabbit. Right. I think it's yeah. I think it's a Mark yeah. One, but same thing. Yeah, well, same yeah. thing. Yeah, Europeans. It's a Jujaro yeah, uh, masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's always been fiddling, and and he's always so he, um, you know, bikes, cars, you know, that kind of thing. And so it certainly rubbed off on me. And and then when you came into the picture, did these did the Porsches and 911s and what have to go away because you were taking too much of his time, or did he keep you strung in the back seats of those? Yeah, no, in the back seats, uh, three fifty six caught on fire while I was in the back seat. Oh, that fun. was that was good. Yeah. yeah, it was repaired and then sold, um, which is unfortunate. I wish it was still around. Yeah, it probably might be worth a little. It a would few be bucks worth now. a few bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope that wasn't sold for the rabbit pickup actually. <laughs> <laughs> traded it in the 356 right, yeah. for the pickup maybe I don't know uh, who, to, I wonder who would have won that. out of that deal if it was done at today's prices mm, man I think that that car still exists oh I think so I think it's still in Hawaii oh, okay yeah because it was rare I mean it was rare for them to make it out there mm-hmm. it wasn't the dealer network that there was now you know, it was the 80s yeah so. anyway I moved to California with my mom uh, and then various places around the country um but pretty much grew up in San Francisco. Um, Where in the Bay were you? Uh, right, 15th Ave and Lake. So oh, okay. right by the Presidio. It used to be really scary in an abandoned hospital. Now it's like luxury apartments, mm-hmm. as as does San Francisco. Again, if you'd only put a few bob down in those apartments back then, it'd oh, have to be worth yeah. today. It was still an abandoned hospital back then. Yeah, I wish that you had bought it. Yeah. yeah uh, maybe afford a 356 if you had that kind of money. Right. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. You could maybe afford one or the other yeah. up in up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. About that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I think it just you catch the bug and then you and then you get into obviously racing and motorsports and and whatnot as you do, and um, yeah, just never left. Never left. Uh, Formula One, Motor GP, or you know, five hundred GP back then. Um, World Rally, and then you become a teenager, and there's this thing called LimeWire and Kazaa and and whatnot, um, 
and uh, new sports from from Japan where they, you know. Uh, so anyway, that's how I got into drifting and whatnot. The kids whatnot. with the, kids with the yeah, skid cars. The skids, mate. Yeah. So um, that was cool and fresh and, like, weird. And, you know, uh, the import scene was, like, you know, alive and well. Uh, and obviously, as we know now, uh, has become quite a thing. And, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, you know, that was, I guess, where the racing led me. Because um, any, anybody who might troll through my Instagram... There's not many, but I'm one of them. You're one of them. You'd understand that now there's motorcycles in there for the racing and the track duties and whatnot. But back then it was, yeah, um, dabbling in carts and whatnot, kind of nothing serious or or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then drifting because I think it was new and also you could afford to build. Back then, you could afford to build a Nissan S13 S13 yeah, no or S14. That's right. That's right. Another thing is the 356 problem. I wish I had kept a couple of those cars. Yeah, just something out the back there. But uh, it's fun. I mean, you know, to distill the the most hectic, I guess, like, uh, you know, pucker moments of, of racing into a sport in itself as a teenager is certainly... Uh, alluring because you're like, oh, you mean I don't have to be the best to have fun, no. you know, kind of thing. I can just go out and do this thing. It's almost democratized. Yeah. Um, democratized? Is that? I don't I know. The first one, but we'll just go. With yeah. That. We'll just keep whatever. Through. That's yeah. right. Can we fix that in post? Yeah. No, I'm a designer, no not a. I'm a designer, not no, a writer. There's yeah. no fixing in post. Um. So yeah, and then I um was you know mechanical. Um, leaning towards, you know, did a lot of drafting and um, architecture in school, got um, introduced to CAD, um, you know, 2D programs in CAD. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the projects I did, a McLaren F1 uh, tech drawing. Okay. Front, rear, top, side, view, everything. You know, cut away, everything kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, won, won some stuff the state kind of thing you know they would you know uh high school type of did you give stuff. gordon much credit for this um he's an icon and he's uh certainly an inspiration to me um, sir gordon now i think it is that's right correctly that is very recent yeah mm-hmm. uh well deserved very well deserved very well deserved yeah um so you win the prizes you get yeah so you, you know your medallions abound oh around just your neck just all over the place. Just mm-hmm. I trip over them, you know, yeah. boxes and boxes. It's of the them. trophies, you know, oh, it's yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah. and trophy room, mm-hmm. you know, all my friends the have trophy their building at the ho- at the hotel uh, hospital, right? Right. Yeah, my friends have trophy rooms for their uh, you know successes in racing, and I have my high school uh, draftsman uh, tr- hey, trophies abound. Yeah, could live those days, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, one thing leads to another, and I back myself put all the chips let's say uh on the table and uh and forego architecture for car design okay. and and, ach- and achieve that dream i did so you are a graduate of art Austin? center art center college of design pasadena california yeah like one of several of the uh podcasts, podcasts yeah we've yeah had on here. that's right um traumatic experience but but a but a great one yeah why traumatic Oh, uh, there's, there's now nothing that you can't achieve, uh, at, at the, at the risk of your health Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get that done and to get that training and to get that work ethic, I should, I would say, um, I mean, creativity, you either have it or you don't, no offense to, you know, you can't learn creativity. Some people are more creative than others. Some people are creative geniuses and Mm -hmm. they're probably, you know, a nightmare, uh, personally, possibly. I'd Whatever. S- dealing with Kiwi, I mean, she's terrible. Yeah. She's, she's all over the place. So, uh, but Art Center really um, distills that and focuses it. And you realize if you have two weeks of work without sleeping to to achieve in two weeks and one day, you will spread that 24 hours of sleep over two weeks time and achieve what you need to get done. And that was literally every single term, uh, for, for the, uh, you know, grad or for the, uh, for the, I don't know, the, the, the last project, the, the 12 week, 12 projects and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, but it, but it's amazing, and it, it really shows the. I guess it speaks to the human condition, like what we can, what we can achieve, and it's kind of silly because we're just you know kind of drawing cars at the end of the day, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's actually it's necessary, and um, and now everything's. I shouldn't say a breeze, but you know you can you can do anything now. Uh, you survived that. <laughs> you do a presentation, you just fall dead on the floor. It was like a weekend at Bernie's. The minute that you finish, you're just out. As you long know. as you had two guys that could help like drag you around. That's right, they would. Okay. Yeah, because of course you're rude to everybody else. So like whoever's still awake would just prop you up, and you know you'd look like you're just on. Yeah. yeah exactly. Throw throw some shades on you. That's why. Totally fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, so, uh, but like I, I said before we started recording, it's a sad story. Yeah, because you sort of graduated not the best not time in the, the American motor industry. Yeah, and then became global, yeah. the GFC. Yeah, no, I graduated uh, literally the week that um, our auto industry was saying in the news, hey, we kind of stuffed it and we need bailouts. Um, which was a bitter pill to swallow, but also prepared you for life, I guess. Um, yeah, welcome to being an adult. Right. Adulting yeah. at its finest right now. Yeah, adulting 101. That was like uh, post-grad work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, so as I told you, um, you know, I'm of the, I'm of the age, 35, uh, squarely between uh, a generation that didn't have computers in the home and a generation that knew nothing but computers in the home and the and and school and workplace and uh yeah like uh we didn't we weren't born with computers uh and then and then you had a family computer and then that maybe got handed down to you uh if you were lucky and you had to you know clear the phone lines to dial on and you know and try to download you know clips of formula one or or whatever it was uh, Mm -hmm. that interested you or um and uh, yeah, the icons that we grew up with and the era that we grew up with, uh, it just, it suddenly and quite quickly, looking back on uh, history with the hindsight of 2020, uh, it disappeared. So, you know, cars that McLaren F1, uh, Ferrari F40, Lancia Stratos, like they're never, ever, ever going to be built again. Although my friend, uh, actually, I, I should say, my friend Luca Begorno at uh, Pininfarina, which now Automobili Pininfarina, um, he spearheaded that revival um, of the of the launch of the Stratos that are built on the F430 okay. um, chassis, which is not bad at all. No, so I don't think I don't know if Pinin is doing that, but anyway, Luca was involved with that project. I don't I don't quite know the. I'm not a historian like you, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really cool to see, um, I guess I'm, I am kind of influenced by that old world of Italian design, um, which also corresponds with the Lotus, but we'll we'll get there. Um, yeah, but the, the very hand done, very kind of sensual, very complex, even in the simplicity of, uh, of car design, which, I mean, who isn't into Italian car design, but, but, um, a lot of people don't, don't recognize how uh pervasive it is i guess um you know i mean the in the 60s and the 70s a lot of the icons that came out of japan uh which led to i mean like the original silvia was a proposal done by pininfarina and then mm-hmm. reinterpreted so even i mean there's a connection italian design and drifting i think i don't know what the chassis code was s10 or s11 i'll probably get raked over the coals because uh you know but it's not the S12 or S13 or S14, 15, you know, the stuff that kids now know, know about. But the original Sylvia, which is why it was called a Sylvia, it was an Italian name, mm-hmm. um, was, uh, was uh, yeah, was an Italian. Also, a shout-out to my friend Myron out there in Ohio who has one and had it displayed the Peterson for their uh, exhibit. Yeah. Does he still have uh, have it out here? Or? Yeah, I think it's still, the, it's still the museum. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's This is the prototype, one of two, I think. He's lucky. Very lucky, Myron. He said, even today, he was just posting pictures of his uh, Sora that he gets pulled over apparently constantly because he has no front license plate, but he doesn't want to destroy the design aesthetic, so he keeps kind of taking the tickets. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's um, welcome to California. Don't, well, don't no, we all it, do that? No, no, no I'm saying like yeah. every car guy in California, we have front license plate laws here, mm-hmm. and we refuse to put front I plates know. on. Um, 
So I'm gonna the, the Japanese one at the time. I think it's the the 1990-91 model has yeah. an illuminated license plate. Yeah. So it's a surround. So he likes keeping that aesthetic in. Gotcha. Rather have a license plate. Mm. Trust me. Okay, that's perfect. I mm -hmm. yeah. So. Uh, since we're on the topic of Japan, I ended up. I did you know. Uh, I ended up working for Honda, mm -hmm. um, 2009 through 11, or yeah, something like that. Um, um, so I said that, that was coming out of uh, the, coming out of Art Center. Yeah, yeah. so coming out of the global financial crisis. Yeah, you able to survive yeah. for a few months. Survive for a bit, yeah, eight or so yeah. months or whatever. It's actually an interesting story. I was in talks between Honda, of course. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of connection to Art Center. Mm -hmm. a, a great uh, instructors that I had from Honda. Shout out to Dave Merrick, mm -hmm. especially. Who um, hopefully will be a podcast guest soon. You should. He, he. Oh, I don't know if I don't. You would get like one tenth of of Probably. the of the stories I think that are very, held. Be, I, maybe you know, one tenth is a very 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 generous. Generous. I was thinking like one twentieth. Oh, Dave. Uh, Dave, if you come on the podcast, and you you must ask him. Um, he has. He's in a Motley Crue video, I believe it's "Girls, Girls, Girls," shot on the Sunset Strip, but okay. like in period. Dave is an extra, sort of in the background, of I believe it's "Girls, Girls, Girls," and he he can correct you if I'm wrong. Let's just go with that. Okay. Let's just go with that and I'm let him it correct already. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was in talks between Honda and and McLaren. Because uh, McLaren had done nothing since since the form, since the F one, mm -hmm. and this is boyhood be, dream of yeah. That would you be know. a time when they were coming in with the McLaren cars, right? So they were formulating that. The board, you know, look, hindsight being what it is, the board was you know formulating. They were having to, I believe, uh, yeah. So it was Frank Stephenson that was there, yeah. um, and then before that, they'd just been doing like collaborations. The last right, of exactly. Like Mercedes and, with the Mercedes SLR, right, exactly, yeah. um, and. Um, Unfortunately, it hasn't worked out too well Formula One wise for them for you know foregoing the Mercedes and going it alone. Yeah, unfortunately. What but these things happen? Yes, yes, that's what happens. But uh, yeah, the road cars were were getting launched, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I need to take this opportunity. I need to do everything I can to work for McLaren. Phone calls back and forth, you know, all this stuff. But it was super early days, and they were like, look, yes, you know, we mean, and you know, uh, Stuart Reed, the chair at Art Center, still chair. Um, for uh, trans design program uh, had connected me and was just like, look, d do this, you know, I would talk to them, do blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was really close to happening. And, and Honda was like, yo, we offered you a job and it's a good job. And like, nobody's getting jobs right now. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, uh, and they're like, we need an answer. Like, now like yesterday yeah like like a month ago dude mm -hmm. like come on this come is on. this is like offensive at this point yeah. you know what i mean and, and it and to be fair it really was but you know you have to chase what whatever your dream feeling is. whatever yeah. your dream is and uh and i said yes to honda which was which was great and and i don't regret a single bit of that um but it but it is slightly unfortunate that the first project that would have come across mclaren had i had i even you know uh been given that opportunity, which is not, I'm not saying that, you know, I would have, but I, you know, I was chasing it. The first project was the P1, which would have been an what amazing dream to, to work. Off, really. Oh my God. Jeez. Talk about, talk about it. So, so I, I said earlier, it's a, it's a sad story because, um, because the reality is normal car design as we know, it no longer exists. Um, I mean, even the P1 and, and cars like that, uh, 918 and LaFerrari and whatnot are are amazing feats of of technology and engineering and one engineering say. one might say but a lot of electrical engineering in there and science and science which I love we do science and science fiction mm -hmm. we you know, we we bonded over that um, but yeah it, but it's a bit unfortunate and and you know even at the pinnacle of of um, of that uh, of the industry. Um, so when you filter it down, um, down the track, let's say, and you get a little bit more corporate, and you get a little bit more, in not in the not in a bad way, but mundane mm -hmm. with the with the offerings of of vehicles. Um, yeah, it, it you you 
design has less and less control unless you have somebody at bat for you in that boardroom and putting their neck on the line and whatnot. So it's a really, um, it's a really strange, tough place for, you know, and everybody has to look for the future for, and the future is uh, autonomous cars really. And obviously electric cars. Um, and if you're not there yet as you know, in the, if your company isn't there yet, making I mean they're all electrifying, very, making very 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 big steps. I think in huge that direction. steps. I mean I think yeah. Mercedes Benz just released their one today. Yeah, their EQ yeah. series, I think it is. Yeah, it's like a four hundred and some horsepower SUV, electric. I, yeah, it. Yeah, I mean it just like I said, everything's happening on that field. I like the. Electric. I refuse to call it the Taycan, but but the Porsche, the Mission E. I mm-hmm. I I'm. I'm a hipster about that. I refuse to call it by its proper name because yeah. Mission E sounds it so does much sound better. So much more space-like. Yeah, um, that car I think is absolutely amazing. I think that they did um, a terrific job, both design and integration of the of the technology, and as typical bike Porsche. Um, yeah, uh, but it's it's um, you know let's say design. I think unfortunately right now is in this in this place where um, it's a bit of like styling um, and you know, and that's great, but I, uh, you know, I guess maybe it's what my dad started with the, with the tinkering and the mechanics and, you know, getting into motorcycles and, and really getting your hands dirty and understanding how machines work. And, you know, the, that stereotypical, you know, confluence of man and machine and you know and what you know what all that means and now you know the future of a lot of transportation is self-driving autonomous pod cars and that's great but i don't know i kind of like to ride bikes and take the subway and go race and you know that's yeah, just all sorts of that humanism right, maybe we right. might say is missing so you take stock of, i feel like as humans yeah right and as humans you need to also uh, think about what you're doing and um, and figure out whether you want to just exist and go about it or you want to you know make a change within yourself as well as possibly the world if you care about that I mean if whatever you, if you have those opportunities yeah if you have those opportunities yeah. so it, it, there was a point in time where I, um, where I got really so the the whole thing you know how I traversed to the RTR, um, you know, kind of supplier to an OEM side of things. Um, that damn commercial with the dancing, um, what are they? The gerbils? No, the for Kia. For Kia, yeah. What were those animals? I thought they were hamsters. Hamsters, yeah, hamsters yeah, 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 yeah. Hamsters, yeah. yeah, you're right. That I saw that ad. Uh, I think on YouTube or something. I was in Japan at the time, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "This, this is whatever this car is." is the Kia Soul. Kia Soul. But what I'm saying, like, whatever this car is, because it wasn't out yet, is cooler than what we're doing, or what, you know, I mean, realistically. I mean, I was just like, instantly, this marketing, they they hit a home run, and it. I don't know if if that's like legitimate. But that was reflective of the industry, and I guess eye-opening. Where I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! There's more than you can't, you know, um, you know, good design. You're you've moved on. You're probably not even at the company or even in the industry anymore by the time that something gets called good design, because you know, design or styling or whatever, however you want to come about, it doesn't sell cars anymore. You know, you, you, you achieve whatever your goals are that you set up in the company and then it's off to the marketing department. And I really wanted to learn a little bit more about that. So I left, came back to the States, kind of, kind of did some stuff with Vaughn who was really just launching RTR as a curated Parts, yeah, for some you know. of the listeners, for example, that don't know about RTR, can you give them an idea of what that gotcha. actually is? Yes, maybe help. Oh, all of your all of your listeners know, of course. Uh, well, all of them. My mum and dad definitely do. It's my wife. I think it's bit, <laughs> she's not too sure about it this time. Um, so, uh, from from my previous escapades in uh, you know drifting and racing and uh, whatnot, I uh, met the and became friends with, and then lived with the Drift Alliance guys. Um, Tony Angelo, Chris Forsberg, 
Reinturk and Von Gittin Jr. And Vaughn had um, very, I guess, recently signed to um, Ford. And, and instead of, you know, he started like everybody with an S13 or something like that. And he signed on with Ford. They were, um, it was the 2008-2009 Mustang. They were really kind of pushing that being a new generation of sports car, not just muscle car. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it was retro style. It was a great, great style, actually. That's good design. Now we look back on it, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, he, um, so fast forward a few, few years and his dream was, it, it was to always sort of, um, have his take and, 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 and produce his version of, of, the, of that or of, of a car. And he, he's been a Mustang guy for a while. So he, uh, kind of curated some parts, um, and I helped him with, uh, and, and then he wanted to ramp it up. He had the opportunity to, to design some parts and get them made. And so we were talking about like, you know, front lips and rocker splitters and, you know, some wheels and stuff like that. Um, some graphics, you know, kind of started early days. And, and so I helped him with that and, and, um, kind of on the side it was, it was just like literally a dream of his. He was trying, he was, you know, doing this. Um, and I, I, you know, um, sort of in parallel fell in with, uh, Ken Block and the Hoonigan guys. So there for the launch of Hoonigan. And I was our director at Hoonigan for two, three years, something like that. Um, which was great because you get to see, oh, this is how Gymkhana videos are made. This is, you know, bringing this, this is logo design. How do you use it? You know, and all these things that you learn at Art Center, you take graphic design classes and you do all that stuff, but then how do you apply it uh, to, you know, this a new market or to new consumers or whatever kind of thing? Um, and and then you, you know, see what this whole viral, you know, you get behind, so what, behind what the curtain. Then at, uh, at Hoonigan when you were peeking behind the kimono? 2011 when oh. they launched until 2014, I guess. Mm -hmm. 14, or middle of 2014, something like that. When, uh, you know, Vaughn at some point in 2014 was just like, hey, look, you know, I've had meetings with Ford. That new Mustang is nuts. The... S550 that, you know, they launched in 2015, mm -hmm. which was, um, independent rear suspension, you know, the, the modern, the, the current generation. He's like, this thing is nuts. Like we, I'm, um, got a lot of opportunity. I'd love to have you on board for the brand and for the design. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like you mean full time, <laughs> like more than just like on the side, how I've been doing. And he's like, yeah, like, yeah, we're going hard. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And it's kind of this confluence of like merging, what I had learned, obviously, professionally and and um, historically in the in the design world, and uh, you know this kind of marketing um, and and kind of rogue. I mean, Hoonigan started. And they have a huge team now. When Hoonigan started, we had four people, and we were like we were like the Ramones or something like that. We mm -hmm. barely knew what we were doing. Yep. It was like it's just okay. Sure, I can do that. Let's build a brand book. Sure, like let's go. F it. Let's shoot some stuff, you know? We'll make it work. We'll make it work, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, again, that's training from Art Center, obviously, but it's but it's also like, you know, you can't be afraid of, you know, it's not the same thing. It's not sketching, uh, you know, a car from ground from ground up. You know, you're not doing show cars anymore. You're not doing concept cars, and it's great, and you see stuff that you worked on that eventually made it out or whatever, and you're like, oh, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah, you could pick it apart here or there or whatever, but you just, you it's something else. It's another creative outlet. And so, yeah, when Vaughn wanted to go kind of full on, uh, it was just like a no brainer. So it's like, yeah, of course let's do it. And, um, yeah, kind of, kind of been his, yeah. Um, creative and design director ever since. Um, and he's, and then we've grown both sides of things. So as you listeners will, will find out <laughs> or know uh, already, but you know, Vaughn is a, you know, drift, race car driver as well as a brand ambassador for Ford. Um, so he's got a race team sort of thing. So there's always, and then we have Chelsea DeNofo who's a, who's another driver on the race team. We've got two professional, you know, cars doing all sorts of wild engineering that they've uh, put into those things. And they and, drive very aggressively. If anyone wants to watch the cars, they're very, yeah. lots of three wheels, a lot of three wheels. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the thing for the, both the pair of them is mm -hmm. their three wheel motion that they've got going on. That's right. That's a little trick mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I would, there's I'll a lot of, say, I wouldn't like to drive it as an everyday regular car. It might be a bit loud. 
A little loud. Yeah, that Roush Yates. Uh, yeah, what, loud for what is it? RY45, I think, is the engine yeah, in it. Yeah. It's insane. It's basically a NASCAR or like circle track engine. It's yeah. ungodly but, loud. But sitting next to Vaughn and when he throws it around, it's an awful lot of fun for a minute or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the tires sort of go and then you've got to get new tires put on. Yeah, well, hopefully that will change this year. Cooling, you know, some everything's about efficiency. We're trying to cool those tires so they last a little longer. Well, yeah. just in general, when he's maybe doing his display laps where the tires are a little more smokier yeah. than yeah, 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 yeah. more competition tires. Yeah, they uh anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. it's loud, it's, it engages a lot of people, it's cool. It's uh it's weird. Uh, you know, um he's all about fun and I told you how the, he is genuinely the Yeah, he really like he, you could get Vaughn to literally do anything if you're just like, yeah, but imagine how fun it would be. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. I'll jump my race car over. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's insane. Yeah. It's, uh, so that's a secret tip now for anyone that meets Vaughn that listens to this podcast. Just say, just think how much fun that is right, for Vaughn. Right, exactly. And he'd be like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Sign me up already. Sign me up. I've, yeah. Halfway there already. I'm yeah. done. I've already done it. It was great. Yeah. It was more fun than you'd expect. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's, uh, and so it, it it's obviously, uh, it's not bad coming from a very corporate side of the business mm-hmm. to a very, like, rogue side of the business. And there's a lot of parallels with, you know, Carroll Shelby and how, and what he did and how he ran, you know, when you talk to people that, that worked for him. And, it, I mean, they were, they were cowboys. They were mavericks, you know what I mean? It was yeah. really cool um, back in the 60s and 70s. Um, so we're... You know, I, I I understand that, and I'm I feel like I'm part of of um, some modern day, you know, sort of. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more important than I than I than I probably realize. You know, I'll look back on it one day and be like, wow, that was that was actually really cool, really fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good place to be in if you're enjoying what you're doing. I mean, right? That's yeah. not the battle. That's right. Yeah, you enjoy what you do. And then, but aside from the race stuff, what about the other stuff that RTR does? So we do, yeah, we do, um, uh, it's like a, we like to say we take, we do, we take a unique look or a, you know, a new look, um, to the Mustang and to the Ford space because we're expanding, mm-hmm. uh, beyond just Mustang. Um, more of a European, more of a, you know, international kind of styling. It's definitely not like good old boy, not, not Americana mm-hmm. per se, but you know, American cars. You know, sort of like uh, you know global platforms and stuff like that, and we just take a unique look to both the performance and the styling, and uh, so we make parts that get you know the basic, the very most simple way to explain it is we make parts that get you know installed onto the cars that change them from being pretty pedantic or or even or make them even better. So I mean, yeah. you could start with track pack cars and you put our parts on it, and uh, you know it makes it a personally look better. Mm-hmm. There's that, uh, but also we've engineered the suspension. You know, like Vaughn has a, a setup book that you get with the car when you buy it. Um, you know, so dealers install the packages onto them um, onto the cars, and you get you know you're on a registry. You get a little plaque, uh, you know, book. Uh, you get all this kind of special stuff. So it's uh, sort of this like really inclusive. So you get this special um, special edition kind of thing um, to the vehicle, and um, yeah. So uh, Ford has um we've partnered with ford and ford performance to do this ford performance rtr series one which is uh, limited to 500 vehicles and it's a co-branding between us at rtr vehicles and ford uh ford performance and um so we use ford performance suspension and um a ford performance wheel that they made for us and um you know our styling and aerodynamics packages um which i CFD everything so it works um, better than stock, more mm-hmm. efficient. Cars more efficient makes. It's all about that efficiency, right? That's right. Everything is uh, all about efficiency nowadays. Um, and uh, and yeah, so you can you can um, buy that car, which is I I wouldn't say that it's watered down. It's a little bit more affordable, um, the Series One than our like you know our Spec Two, which is like full on dead nuts I mean, racing it, suspension and everything. Like how many hundreds of horsepower is the Series Two? Um, or the spec two um there's they used to give them a um a, a we give them as much performance power we give them as much power as the state will allow, allow. yeah so if the tunes allowed we um we kind of leave that up to the the dealer but spec three has sweet supercharged version so we use a four performance supercharger on the spec three which is 
Seven hundred horsepower. Like seven or seven fifty. Yeah, not seven fifty. I think it's seven. Seven twenty. It? Seven. It's, I don't know. It's over it's, that. It's more than a number. Than it's you more than enough than you need. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the spec two. I mean, the base um, Coyote now makes four sixty. I believe, right? Yeah, I think 460? so. Give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we yep, get, 460, I, get over I believe. Right, I know. We don't have our computers open, yeah. anybody. So, like, you know, take these numbers with a grain of salt. No, but it is 460. They, it makes 460 horsepower uh, with, a, you know, it's just insane. The car is crazy. Um, so we have an exhaust option for it, so you get, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to give you guys numbers because you're going to rake me over the coals about that. Um you get more. You yeah. get more so power more, if you option 60, for it. It goes upwards rather than downwards. That's right. It goes upwards. Yeah, yeah. we never go down. Um, yeah, but the Spec 3 was actually on the Grand Tour. Um, so we should watch the Grand Tour. Well, there you go. So. I, I, I mean, everybody's going to watch the Grand Tour. But yeah, yeah, we have a Spec 3 on the Grand Tour. Um, and I think a little behind the scenes information when it comes out, um, I believe it's one of the earlier episodes. Okay. Pay attention. Uh, yeah, no, I I believe that, and I haven't seen it. Obviously, I haven't seen like a cut of it or anything no, you because no, you, you don't get that. that I don't get that. Yeah, not not that many. You have a limited amount of behind the scenes. Swap back because doesn't get you into that room. That's right. That's right. Yeah, oh, I get I get to I get to hear you know an anecdote. Mm-hmm. You know? So this is secondhand from a uh, secondhand source right here. Uh, <laughs> secondhand news. Um, I believe that they had to pull a fast one to kind of cripple the RTR or to, you know, uh, not let it win, uh, by a significant amount. The, the, the bit was tuned sort of modern muscle from America. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just blanket statement. I don't know what the other cars were that we were up against. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I believe that our spec three Mustang RTR, did super well and they had to kind of write in a little bit where it wasn't i shouldn't say like embarrassing because every you know you're talking about tuned cars that are post title they're they're supported or or you know endorsed by the companies but they aren't put out by general motors or ford or whatever in their official channels as a press car you know you wouldn't sign up to get a a Mustang press ride, and then they show up with a Spec Three RTR. I mean, that'd be nice. It would be great. I, really it would be like great, that. but be it would be—they'd be like, "Excuse me, what's the sticker on it?" You know, or something like that. So, so everything has its own. You know, who whoever tunes a, you know, like let's say a Hellcat or something like that would not be potentially after the same thing as tuning an S550 Mustang mm-hmm. for the track and all this stuff. So when you race them on the track, and the one whose track car does well, you know, that's a given, but I believe that it was decent enough that they had to kind of script in a like, ah, let's sabotage this lap so that it's not so. Is that like similar to what they did on Top Gear when they had the, the McLaren in yes. Dubai and they had to do it what against the Bugatti and had to do it like eighteen times against right. the Bugatti one? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Allegedly, allegedly, yeah, yeah. I mean, grain of salt. This is you know, we we have no proof. I have no video proof. Anyway, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy I really enjoy where I'm at. That's good. Yeah, which is uh, nice to say, I guess. And then, yeah, so, just generally. we talked about it. We alluded to it at the start with your purchase of the, <laughs> the Red Lotus Esprit. Yes. I have which, a... which you've got, and it's yeah. now working like a dream. It almost. is. Almost, yeah. No, every, it is. Every car is almost. Every, every car is almost. Every 30, 40 year old car is almost. I mean. Yeah, unless yeah. you've got money to burn of sorts mm-hmm. and it can be perfect, but then you mm-hmm. can't even drive it again, so what's the point? Right, exactly. It's a it's a diminishing return at that point. Um, well, yeah. it's, a, well, it's an appreciating economic return at that if point. You, if you chose right, if yeah. that 356, yeah. Yeah, but. Um, so, but you're very much enjoying the Lotus. Oh, I love the Lotus. I love the Lotus. Okay, so it's a 1981 Series 3 Lotus Esprit, mm-hmm. which we never got in the U.S., technically. Um, for those of you that are going, oh, yes, we did. We got a Turbo Esprit, which a lot of people um, equate with the S3. Technically, they're different types in Lotus. A S3 is a Type 85, and the Turbo, I believe, is a Type 82. Um 
Uh, I own an S3, so don't you know? Don't kill me if I got the that type wrong for you turbo nuts. Um, but yeah, so uh, anyway, they share a chassis, they share wheels, they share suspension, arms. You know, they they fixed a lot of the earlier Esprit problems with the with the S3 and the turbo. I wouldn't say they fixed all their problems. I would say they just improved on the design. Let's just be that. There was never any. Ooh. There's never any problems with an English car. I'm, that's coming from experience. Uh, got you. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They improved on design. Let's say big that. asterisk there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Um, well, are we talking design mechanically or design aesthetically? Mechanically. Mechanically, yes. Yeah. I I have a very soft spot for the earliest Esprits. Um, I mean, any Bond fan would mm-hmm. for the Series One. Mm-hmm. Series Two is personally my favorite. Um, they have the They've got the Speedline wheels that Lotus designed. Yeah, really very, great. very late seventies F one feel. Colin Chapman apparent, apparently, anecdotally, uh, it was Colin Chapman's favorite car was the S two. Mm-hmm. Um, shared a lot of the uh, what, what did you call it design um, improvement. Shared a lot of uh, issues, let's say, with the series personality, one personality. One might per- say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, design personality, Des- right? With or the mechanical personality, mechanical personality with the series one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those two cars, S1, S2, uh, you know, they had Chapman strut rear suspensions, which uh, quickly, for those more mechanically inclined listening, um, you have a trailing arm, you've got a hub, um, and you've got a lower lateral link. Um, and then the upper link is just mysteriously missing from that uh, setup, and the uh, the torsion uh, cornering forces are taken up by the u-joint axle which is bolted directly from the hub to your transaxle with no provision for plunge because it's a u-joint not a not a splined um cb joint um that meant all of your cornering forces because that's your upper link you know on your rear suspension all of your cornering forces went directly into your citroen gearbox which as we know being french (laughs) <laughs> well, okay uh-huh one might say sure you could see the weakness there possibly sure and it's up to you brits to just expose that weakness maybe okay yeah. gotcha just, all we're doing is providing with an opportunity to improve something and, Im- and improve it. they did on the series three uh they got a, an upper link properly it got a you know an extra mount on the upright and it got an upper link and it has a um a cv axle so those cornering forces no longer wreak havoc on your ring and pinion, which were conveniently, because the box was taken from an SM, mm-hmm. conveniently mounted backwards. So your drive and coast faces were opposite of what they should be on your ring and pinion, which meant uh, you know, all of those loads were going to gears that were trying to walk themselves apart and mm-hmm. purely being held by perfect French engineering of the of the casing so yeah um much more spe- specifically that issue much much improved on the uh, s3 and turbo and since it's not turbocharged it shares the galvanized chassis which is rust free forever which mm-hmm. is nice which is always better handy yeah although generally not so much a problem here in southern california not so much but but still uh, it is very I've, nice to have i've seen some esprits that have lived their life uh, near the coast because oh well near the yeah. coast is difficult as well we're not the, near the, the coast yeah, the, but the Pacific just wants to eat everything that's right yeah everything no matter what it is will just eat it eventually it will yeah, yeah. so um, bye bye California in a couple of years right probably <laughs> they've been saying that since I was a kid hey. but probably yeah look at that the, the, face. the track that's we're that's on the track we're on right exactly yeah I'll uh, I'll be able to drive the Esprit back to Hawaii pretty soon through the ocean exactly so. James Bond style that's right that's right um yeah, no, it's a it's a wonderful car. I um, did a mechanical with help of many friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a mechanical overhaul on it. Forced maintenance, I believe, is the best that you can do for an Esprit. This car actually got here. I didn't import it or anything. It arrived in 1985 um, uh, to California. Um, imported as a gray market car. This is previous to the you know 25 year rule that you need to abide by now and um so it's lived its life uh between california and washington state and uh it had been dormant let's say for about five or six years i believe mm-hmm. and so it was sort of a risk that i took of getting this car but i knew the improvements 
what did you call it? The design improvements, enhancements. Yeah. yeah, of the of the S3 were something that I really wanted. I didn't want a turbo. I wanted that original Jujaro design with mm -hmm. the glass yeah. and the rear as well, and the without the cladding, you know, on the rockers and and whatnot. Um, understand understandable. understandable as yeah. a as a you know as a snobby designer who wants the purity the of kind. right yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I I took that I took that risk. I took that gamble let's say and you know forced maintenance and a lot a lot more was uncovered than anticipated but just with pleasant surprises pleasant just surprises um pleasant ones were fixed maybe yeah, once fixed yeah, yeah because now you know how re-manufactured you know the entire car is and it's i mean it's a dream it starts up immediately it it drives very nicely um, there are a few people uh, recently that are getting into sprees. I believe that they are going to be a collector car on the way up, which is I think get into it now. Out. If anybody is is looking, you should you should do it. Uh, don't be afraid of the car. It's as simple as any Nissan I've worked on. Um, parts are more difficult to come by, but uh, you know that we in Southern California. Uh, if you happen to be here and in Northern California, there's a, there's a great resource up there as well. We have, um, resources that stock a lot of things on the shelf for any car really, but you know, even Lotus yeah. Esprit, which is very, very impressive because they made 850 ish, uh, series three Esprit's and they made like, um, roughly the same in series one. And they made about, I think 1100 ish of the series twos and then they made 2500 or so 22 i believe 2250 ish of the turbos so like you kind of trip over a turbo and to get a naturally aspirated car a is a lot harder mm -hmm. um especially one that's in good nick and then one's over here because most s3s stayed in the uk the reason why they didn't bring them to the states is we had a, a boom economy at the time or bubble economy at the time um and uh the turbos were significantly more expensive and so most of the people buying them were going to be from the states mm -hmm. and uh and yeah so they they really they really went hard with the turbo and you know performance wise did they go as hard with the turbo as richard gear went as hard with the gearbox <laughs> some pretty woman that's that's an x180 that's free but yes but yeah uh, it's still yeah yeah it's still, it's still uh yeah yeah <laughs> still Lotus. <laughs> yeah, no, they, uh, they, they really. Um, no, nah, look, it's a great car, and and there's a lot of people that are getting into them lately, and a lot of people maybe complaining, and it's like if, it's like anything. If you get a if you get a a deal on mm -hmm. something, if you're you can going, find one, if you can good. find one, and you get a deal, you have to expect that you're going to put a decent amount of money fixing what pot. Like nobody. Well, no, nobody willingly sells a terrific car for let's, yeah. Let's be honest. Cheap price, if like one, you know. If you're buying a fixer upper, no matter what classic car it is, any car particularly, you're probably going to have to put some money into it. That's right. You buy a cheap. Go buy the cheapest Honda Civic off of Craigslist right now and tell me how much money you put in it. But if you buy the most expensive car that you see on there, funnily enough, you might not be sinking as much money into it. That's right. You might not. And and those might be the ones that uh, you spend less on in yeah. the long run. But um, but you're looking at what we call in the home business is sweat equity. Sweat equity in my car, absolutely. And um, for me, as you have all been witness uh, to my story, let's say, I think it was important for me to get my hands dirty with the car and not just buy the most expensive one I could afford. Yeah. Um, and you really you really understand the car, and I know what noises are what now and whether you should panic with it or not. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, somebody who isn't a mechanic, um, I, I think just tearing into it or at least being on hand while you're more proficient friends, you know, kind of help you sort things out, mm -hmm. of which there are probably too many to name <laughs> with this project, you know, that have, uh, that have really, um, really, really helped me out. And uh, I, made an, I made a post the other day. I tagged everybody in it or whatever but i was like i i literally like i think you guys more than an instagram post mm -hmm. can can handle you know what i mean and yeah. um and truly i do and um it's uh it's a dream of mine to have an italian designed sort of exotic car mm -hmm. and um and yeah that's the cool thing about the esprit and i, I mean i grew up 
I, I loved Lotus. I loved the romanticized version of Lotus. I loved the, the real reality of how effed up and backwards some parts were, but how driven Chapman was to really, you know, race the most famous, what, like, you know, if a racing car lasts more than a few feet after the finish line and doesn't end up in a pile of bolts, we've, you know, we've made it too heavy, you know, like that kind of mentality, which is daunting to own, to own one. But, you know, um, it was styled by, uh, Giorgetto Giugiaro, um, it was designed in 71 alongside the boomerang, which is my, one of my all time favorite wedge cars from mm -hmm. Italian car design. Um, and, uh, it was, he, he basically Chapman kind of, the story goes that Chapman got cold feet about the project. Um, it was, you know, he didn't know whether the, the direction of that, I mean, that was very new. I mean, that whole thing kind of started 68. Yeah. I was going to say late 60s. Yeah. 68 with the um with the carabo which is one of my other favorites best card best logo ever on any car is the carabo that the a in the middle is the door that's opening and it has the little hits of color yeah um and the modulo which i got to see when i went to pininfarina um i saw the actual modulo they still had it there because now i think glickenhaus has it I think so. Yeah. yeah, but um, that's the white one. The white one, yeah. Yeah, no, he doesn't. I saw it. It was a pebble. It yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Class. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Very, very nice. Um, and the five twelve S Speciale, and you know, all these cars they were built on X um racing cars. So the the Boomerang was mm -hmm. built on an Alpha Tipo thirty three racing chassis, and that, I mean, he, he, the proportions that that gives you. I mean, think about you know um the the um. The Mira started the mid-engine road car craze mm -hmm. uh, for exotics, but the driver was sitting quite far back behind the wheels, just like you would in a normal car. They just swapped the engine, made it lower, you know, front end got lower and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. It was great. I mean, it was revolutionary, but this era of experimental car design, they were using old discarded racing chassis where the driver sat like feet in front of the front wheels. So the the Esprit was designed in tandem with the Boomerang as a styling exercise, let's say, or whatever, and pitched to, to Chapman. And he kind of got cold feet because he's like, this thing is kind of like insane. Mm -hmm. And he saw, saw the scale models and, and all this stuff. And Giugiaro, who had just opened Ital Design, had basically just forged ahead and finished the completed model. So then it was shown at, I believe, Geneva in 72. I think so. Or Turin in 72. One of, one of those two. It was shown in 72. And Chapman was like, we didn't agree to this. You know, I, I, I didn't approve this. We, we, we might not be going forward with this. And Giugiaro just kind of said, okay, well, it's, it's my design. It's my car. It's not branded Lotus. It's just a design. And Chapman, you know, uh, he showed up to the show and, and saw the car and was like, this is impressive for, you know, it was, it was right next to the boomerang and it was the very production. I mean, I had a finished interior and everything very productionized version. And I think that he saw the potential mm -hmm. and so goes the story. And, uh, and yeah, that was 72. So that was concurrent with the, um, with the LP 400 S Countach, which gets all the credit for being the first cab forward, mid-engine supercar kind of thing well of course i mean it has a big v12 and it, like you know all credit due to gandini and that car is amazing mm -hmm. but and you have to sit outside of a traverse right exactly time. i mean it's, yeah it's not, adds another perfect i mean you can totally see behind yeah. yourself in it and the um but the esprit um was was right up there as far as being um being uh you know creative and being uh you know revolutionary and it took it, it's just on it's not really unfortunate. It just took them a, a lot of time, you know, Lotus being Lotus and really going through and changing their dynamics to change the center of pressure on the car because Giugiaro was all about, you know, the traditional wedge. Mm -hmm. This is what's really cool about the Esprit is that, you know, Lotus being a Formula One team really fixed the car and they made a lot of strides aerodynamically with, you know, whereas the Countach was, it's just... It is what it is. It's yeah. just insane. Mm -hmm. And I mean it's great, but it's also it was never intended to be anything more than a than a than a curse word, you know. 
Literally. And so the, the Esprit was. The Esprit was something that was Lotus's idea of a grand tour that you would take to the continent and, and go, blast. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it had to be, yeah, yeah, you could put luggage in it. It was tractable. It was like, you know, it was stylish. You could drive it hard. It was, for those days, reliable, and they obviously improved the reliability. Um, yeah, and I just, I fell in love with the story that, that you have that much engineering behind something and then also that much batshit insanity to design it. And it's so striking. I let my buddy take it on on a lunch date the other day. And uh, he got out and he was getting coffee or something like that. And he like, he left and he sent me photos. There were like six people around taking the photos. car just taking photos of it. They were just like staring at it. Like, what the hell is this thing? It's a spaceship, you know? It's really that's cool. That's what I was going to ask is how often yeah. do you get accosted at a petrol station? Oh, every time. Oh, because it takes about 12 years to fill it up as well. Because the filler neck is at like a 45 degree angle. And then we've got those stupid vapor lock, you know, things. And it just fills up with fuel and then it over, overflows instantly. Like it, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. But So you're it's so a, you're there for like an hour. It's a design yeah. quirk. It's a quirk, yeah. yeah. Right. You're there for an hour um, filling the damn thing up. And uh, you got a lot of time to, to talk to people. And people with their 911s come up, which is always a nice, you know. A nice occurrence. They're so rare. You don't. You don't. You know. You don't see them very no, often. Ever. Yeah, but uh, I would. Say, I was about to say that they're very livable, but that's sort of a lie. I mean, you, you can't see the. Uh, so I, my van, my Chevy van. Uh, if I park behind my van, and I forget that the Lotus is there. I mean, you could very easily just back right over it. I mean, yeah. it's so low. The roof line is forty-four inches, I believe stock and my car's a little lower mm -hmm. so like i mean it's nothing it's tiny it's yeah. super low but it's my father who owned uh europa Ooh, oh my god um he liked it because he could drive under the barriers of parking garage yeah he didn't have to pay. that car is tiny yeah so it's like less than a meter tall i think uh it's a 40 inches tall yeah same height as a gt40, GT40 yeah. yeah but he liked it because it was just right under the barriers yeah yeah so he could just drive out Good times. Good times, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I think I would just clip. I think I would you just clip the air down. Spree. Turn tires in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, air them down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that seems a bit of work to avoid the $3 part. Probably. Yeah, well, who knows now what the... I don't know if I would... I mean, parking garage... I have a right-hand drive. So my car's right-hand drive, which is great. I mean, I love it. Uh, but but the, in a parking garage, yeah, in so a parking structure, so in a tight thing. structure... Yeah, so the parking structure, that's the only thing that's dissuading me from a right-hand drive car yeah. is having to reach all the way across to get the ticket yeah. or to pay. Or, but thankfully, you don't have too many tolls, so you don't have to worry too much right. about that. Right, no, exactly. But the parking structure would be real And good. the Esprit is... Um, is Low. Low, but... So then you like... So you're, you, know, you just have to get out and yeah. get it, you know, yeah. already, yeah. I think, even. But it's also... 1860 millimeters wide which is like insane yeah, real wide it's yeah. really wide I mean there's like a I mean cars you can't go more than 2000 you can't go more than 2 meters in Europe now even nowadays like the the Enzo is like 2 meters so this is a, an inch and a bit that. Uh, an inch and a bit sh uh, uh, narrower than yeah. a, than an Enzo though you know what I mean like the, it's a wide like cap. that's insane yeah. so it's it's you know it's the proportions are just amazing and it looks like a little yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, see? So with that being the case, if anyone's want to try and track you down online, or where's uh, actually first, let's, your paid works. Someone's that paid the bills. Let's get the plug in for Mr. Yeah, Mr. Okay. Vaughan Gittin Jr. Pays where the can bills. they find Mr. Vaughan and his oh, that, RTR team uh, how and do you, everything else? How do you not? Yeah, so uh, Vaughan Gittin Jr., um, all social are, is that. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the Instagram is MustangRTR. Mm -hmm. um, it's the company's RTR vehicles. So rtrvehicles.com. Um, you know, go buy a car. If you guys are in the market for Mustang, draw, give us an email or buy a series one, one of 500 from, from no, Ford performance. No, this yeah. is this where the salesman comes yeah. in here. They shouldn't just buy one. They should buy one of each, one of each. And right. Exactly. And, and compare and contrast and tell us your, your feedback. And then they've got different car for different days. That's right. You know, different, do a different color so that you can really, so you, you know, it, it yeah, makes it's like it an easier if you yeah. want someone to borrow. Say so you just take the red one for this cause you're going here. Right. Take the right. red one. You're going here. Take the blue one. I agree. Maybe take the white one. For I do a green. I like that new green that they came out with. That's really cool. Yeah, and it looks good in red as well for the, for the new 2019. Is it the bullet green or the different green? No, they have this other green. It's not grabber green, but it's some gotta have it green, I think they call it, or yeah. something like that. It's kind of cool. Oh, I like the orange that they have too. I don't know. but It's all the new colors. They're all real good. Yeah, they're kind of chavvy, but they look good. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't like, I'm, you know, I'm all, 
you guys can't see me. I'm just I, all black all day, every day. Like, you know, I can't decide. But so it's, it's nice just... to have a splashy cover on the weekend. Sure. That's yeah, yeah. That's what the load is for. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Same, exactly. Same sort of principle. Yeah, exactly. And then, so if they're looking to find you online, Mr. Lindsay, where would they find that? Um, yeah, I guess the only only place is Instagram. Uh, super sick with a underscore at the end because some dickhead has the super, super sick. Yeah, but he has nothing. He has like zero posts. And I, uh, but it's like he doesn't even know. You know, it's off of. It's on some device. It's on his like iPhone yeah, four or something. Poster. You know. So yeah, super sick with a underscore, but it'll come up. Easy. Super, super sick. Easy, but yeah. no, no, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for the beer. No, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Just, we'll have to come and finish them off since we didn't get a chance to, to do that. Yeah, no no problem. But no, no, well, thank you so much again. And as always, thank, thank you, you everyone for listening. Be nice, be kind. Leave us at least seven-star review. Write some words as well as just marking it seven stars. That's what we like to hear. If you want anything, you can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at No Breaking. And you can ask questions, find out about our guests or anything else you want to do. Make sure you subscribe yourself to the podcast. Subscribe at least 12 other people to the podcast without them knowing. Just subscribe it. Automatic download. Click that. Done. Makes me feel happy. And thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye.